So Lord, I ask you that you would speak through me. May your gracious words flow out of my spirit in the spirit of love and in the spirit of great faith. Lord, I thank you for these that have come this morning. I thank you, Lord, for what you did last service and all those people that got filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we're asking for people today to be filled with the Spirit in response to the message that they shall hear. And Lord, we just look to you. We give you alone all the glory and all of the praise. For it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and everyone say amen. Well, it is the strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in his infirmity. And in life we face tests, we face trials, we face adversity. But I want to tie in two words as I title this message today, Spiritually Fit, Part 7, How to Be an Enduring Christian. How to Be an Enduring Christian. Now I want to tie two words together. Number one, the word endure. Everyone say endure. And then the second word is endue. From the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 12, in the ASV, it says this. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he has been approved, or for when he has been found faithful, amen, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. And then right before Jesus, you know, uh, left, he told his disciples in Luke chapter 12, or Luke chapter, whatever it is, I think it's chapter 24, verse 49, I want you to read this. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, read the rest with me. So we see from our text today the word endure and the word endue. There is Holy Ghost endowment. There is Holy Ghost power available for you and I to endure whatever trouble we face, to endure whatever crisis we may be going through. I submit to you this morning that without him we cannot do anything, but thank God by the grace of God we're saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. Heaven's clothes have set themselves upon us and we are endued, therefore we can endure. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't that bad. Hallelujah. Let's quote that scripture. I can do all things. Who strengthens me? Well, here's what I know about life. That you will be spiked. You'll be kicked. You'll be elbowed. And you may even fall. But if you will have the courage... To get back up on his feet. That by the grace of God, you can make it all the way to the finish line. You see, to endure is much more than grin and bear it. It's more than a, I'm going to continue to exist. I'm going to cope. I'm going to survive. No, it is the spirit of faith. It is the spirit of overcoming in every situation. In your attitudes, in your responses, and in your actions. You see, what endure to me me means this. That I'm going to continue to do the same good things that I was doing 
before the adversity came. And my brothers and sisters, you've got to be able to get back up and not give up and stay stirred up in your spirit. Listen, whatever you were doing before the adversity took place, believing, praying, practicing, loving, serving, continue to do the right things. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shut down. I'm gonna stir up. See, here's what endure means. To endure means to stay on target, no matter how tough and no matter how tight it might get. Don't panic. Stay on course. Some of you need to be like the post-it stamp that sticks to its job until it arrives. We are not those who quit. We are those who start and we are those who finish. We serve a Savior that is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He strengthens you at the start. He strengthens you in the middle. And He strengthens you at the end so that you can have a strong finish. Woo! Glory to God. Say with me, I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. If we're going to fulfill His will, if you're going to be that husband that God's called you to be, that wife, that mom, that dad, that grandpa, that grandma, if you're going to fulfill what God has placed in your heart and for your purpose here on earth, you must learn to endure. Show me a person who doesn't endure, and I'll show you a person who will not be found faithful. I will show you a person who will not finish their course. I'll show you an unhappy disgruntled person but if you'll show me a person that is faithful and endures till the end that person is going to see the Lord smile and hear these words well done thou good and faithful servant enter in to the joy of the Lord your God the apostle Paul was a man who had lots of ups and lots of downs but he remained faithful in spite of stonings, in spite of the fact that he knew that he was going to Jerusalem and that bonds and afflictions were going to be awaiting him, Paul said this. He said, you know what? None of these things move me. He says, why? Because I don't count my life dear unto myself so that I may finish my course with joy. And you know something about the Apostle Paul? He was martyred for the gospel's sake, but he did finish his course, and he did it with joy. He said, I have fought a good fight. You know what a good fight is, don't you? A good fight is a fight you win. And faith is the victory that overcometh the world. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. You see, he finished his course with joy. He didn't allow his course to finish him off, but he stayed faithful and he stayed true. Will you be found faithful? Will you be found true? When the test comes to take you out, will you get up or will you lay down? 
The answer is, I will rise. Micah said this. He said, when I fall, he said, I shall arise. Listen, dear brothers and sisters, if you've been weakened by the circumstances of life, my Father, my Master, your Lord and Savior, he can make you strong again. He can strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man and he can put you back on your feet and make you better than you ever were before in the message translations of hebrews chapter 10 25 and 36 i want you to read this together with me i feel the holy spirit in this place today i feel like we are going to have some people that with a fresh endowment of a power from on high so that you can endure what you may face in the future. Read it with me. So don't throw it all away now. You are sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. Verse 36, read. Stick it out. I'm doing a, have the golden opportunity to preach on perseverance to a group of ministers in Minnesota later this month. And so I'm practicing on you. Is that okay? I love this quote from Tony Cook's book, The Dream Team. He said, if motivation gets you going, persistence will keep you going. It's important to understand that passion has to be maintained. That it's not enough just to have a burst of excitement and later slough off. He goes on to say that eagerness, enthusiasm, and hustle are all great. But they need to be sustained not just momentary. We need to be strong finishers as well as eager starters. This is where persistence comes in. In Revelation, the second chapter in the 10th verse, speaking of a future time, but I want us to look at this and read this, and I want to tie this verse in with what many people are facing in the Middle East today. Revelation, the second chapter, the 10th verse It says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that they may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. But be thou faithful unto what? Faithful unto death. And he said, And I will give you the crown of life. Now you've seen the news. You've seen the brutality of the terrorism that ISIS is displaying in the Middle East. Literally by the hundreds and thousands, even children are being martyred because they refuse to turn their back on Jesus and they refuse to turn to Islam. Aren't you glad for people, men and women, even young men and young women that have not bowed their knee to a false god? Come on. And you and I who are here in this place, most likely we will never, ever die for our faith. But listen carefully, every day we must be faithful symbolically to die to our will, to die to our plan, to die to our flesh, and to surrender our all to the will and to the plan and to the purposes of God. You see, you and I have flesh, and your flesh is contrary to the will of God. 
Your flesh will want to go one way when the Holy Spirit is going the other way. Sometimes you have to sacrifice and you have to do what Paul said. I die daily. And you have to nail that old flesh to the cross and and pray like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will. But your will be done. You see, if we're going to be found faithful, fulfilled, and finish God's will and God's purpose for our lives, we're going to have to learn to outlast the devil's attacks. Now, I doubt very seriously whether there's one person in this auditorium this morning that has not experienced spiritual warfare. Every one of us know what it's like to experience the attack of the enemy, do we not? But if you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, none of those things and none of those attacks will move you. They will not move you off the word. They will not move you away from divine healing. It will not move you away from divine prosperity. It will not move you away from believing and receiving your whole household saved. Those that don't endure have what I call, I'm out of here. They have an I'm out of here attitude. When it doesn't go my way on my job, when it doesn't go my way in my marriage, when it doesn't go my way in faith and even in church, I'm out. My brothers and sisters, we need some spiritual endurance. I call it vitamin E. (laughs) Ever known anyone who started something but didn't finish it? Maybe an exercise program, a diet, or a job. Even people who start going to church and, oh man, pastor, I'm behind you, I'm behind you, I'm behind you. And they're so far behind you in a few weeks you can't see them no more. (laughs) And I'm not mad at those people. I love those people. Keep smiling. We're all friends here today. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 10, I want you to notice this verse with me. He says, Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake. Think about that. That they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Mark this down. One of the main purposes for what you're going through is that you made it through. And that you went, it, you went to the other side. But on the other side, that test now turned into a testimony. And so the purpose behind what you may be going through right now is for the benefit of others. It's not always just about you. Because of what God has done in my life and by the grace of God, many people have come to Christ, not because of Mark Thomas, but because of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And it is because of the testimony of Jesus Christ and you overcoming and that you endured that your babies don't have to die and go to hell. Who glory to God. Somebody help the pastor today. Listen. When you don't walk out on your marriage, when you fight the good fight of faith and win a battle in your finances, when you fight the good fight of faith 
in your battle, in your body. I'm telling you what, others are watching. And others are getting blessed. We need to really see that truth. I can remember when I first got saved, my parents thought I was crazy. They saw what I was like before Christ. But after Christ, I thought I was doubly nuts. Because I turned into a Bible fanatic. I used to be a drug fanatic. Now I'm a Jesus fanatic. You know what a fanatic of Jesus is, don't you? A fanatic of Christ is someone that's more excited about the Lord than you are. Say it with me, I'm a Jesus fanatic. But I can tell you today, every one of them heard the gospel before they died. And I and my older brother are the only one left in the Thomas clan in my generation. And that one has heard the gospel. And if he ain't come, he's coming before he slips out. So you might be going through hell. Someone said, if you're going through hell, don't stop. <laughs> Just keep on moving. Don't stop and ask for directions, right? You'll get wrong directions. The devil, after all, is a liar. Say it with me real sassy. The devil is a liar. So if you're going through hell, just don't stop. Just keep moving. Keep persevering. Keep enduring. Keep doing what you know to do. The scripture says, having done all to stand, stand. The question that we all must answer, have we done everything that we know to do? Amen. And once you have, just keep standing. Listen to this statement. We do not need starting commitment. We need some enduring commitment. Now in this picture that we saw a little bit earlier, the video, I don't know whether you noticed with the City Impact video, there was a cheetah in the background. And did you know that the cheetah is the fastest animal in the world? The African cheetah can travel at 70 miles per hour. 70 miles per hour. I mean, it can get its prey quickly. But something else about the cheetah, it can only endure for a very short period of time. Did you know why? Because the cheetah has a little heart. And did you know why some Christians cannot sustain endurance? I think you know the answer. We need more than starting commitment. We need enduring commitment. You know, Demas started out good. And you know, you can start out good and end up on the spiritual junk heap. Demas, the scripture says, started out well. But the apostle Paul said of Demas, he said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. In other words, once Demas was on fire for God, but the spirit of the world pulled him back into the world. Didn't Samson start awesome? Samson was a strong man, but he slept with the Philistines at night. And his strength was taken from him. He started good, but he finished bad. 
And Solomon, he started like a flame of fire, but his life ended up badly. The Christians in Ephesus, from the book of Revelation, the Spirit of the Lord came upon the great apostle John, and he said, look, I have somewhat against thee, church at Ephesus, because you've lost your fire. You've lost your first love. And he said, repent quickly. Otherwise, your candlestick is going to be taken right out of the midst of thee. Well, the good news is the church at Ephesians did repent. And the church of Ephesians sustained and maintained and endured throughout the centuries and became one of the strongest churches in the early church. That's good news. Listen, friend, I don't know where you're at. And I'm not going to be pointing fingers at anyone. But if you were once on fire and you lost your fire, it's time to rekindle the embers. It's time to fan the flame. It's time to stir up the gift of God. It's time for the church to go up, not go down. It's time for the body to rise up. I know I'm preaching it good. God challenges us. He challenges me all the time to have enduring commitment. And I'm not bragging on me, and I'm not bragging on Brenda, but by God's grace, and because we have a don't quit attitude, we've been able to be in ministry for all these years. And I say this because of my supporting staff and many of you that have been with us through decades. They've prayed with us and stood with us and brought your supply. And I can't thank you enough for it. But I above all thank the Lord for it. But I came across this statistic yesterday or the other day. And did you know that if a person went into the full-time ministry as a pastor at age 21, that the likelihood of them being still in the ministry at 65 is 5%? It's 5%. Did you know that one of the greatest crises in the body of Christ today is? Is the ability to fulfill the baby boomers as they move on to retirement. Because the younger generation has to rise up and get some spiritual endurance in their lives. And rise up and do the will of God. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, this is serious business. Kingdom business is serious stuff. Why don't people stay more committed? Why don't people endure? Because quite frankly, they've allowed fear to get the best of them. They've gotten frustrated and fatigued and tired. and They've experienced failure. I want to pull a picture up of Paul Stephen Aquari. This man was in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, and he was to run the marathon. Now, the marathon started out with about 70-some runners, and only 57 finished. And Paul Stephen Aquari was the last person to finish. He was an African from the nation of Tanzania. And about midway through the race, he fell and stumbled. And he really broke his knee and hurt his knee, and he also wrecked his shoulder. But instead of him stopping, Paul Stephen Acquire kept moving. 
And he kept running. He was like this at the end of the race. The race was already over for an hour or so. And ambulances and police cars were going before him because this was an amazing feat. This was an amazing story. Here's a man that didn't quit. He refused to stop in spite of pain. And when they got to the end of the race, he came back into that huge, huge stadium. And if you know anything about the marathon and the Olympics, they run most of the race outside of the stadium, but the last 440 meters, they run inside the stadium. And so get this picture. He's going like this and like this. And a few thousand fans were left, and everyone got on their feet and gave him a standing ovation. Listen, he is the only person in the history of athletics for getting a standing ovation for finishing last. (laughs) And the TV cameras were on him. You know, people are watching us. People are watching how we endure when we're limping. They're watching how you endure through the pain. They're watching how you endure through the seasons of life. Oh, be a testimony, brothers and sisters. Be a testimony for the glory of God. And he was asked this question. Why did you continue to do that? Why in the world would you put your body through that? Paul Stephen Aquari looked in the camera and he said, My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. And God did not send His Son to die on the cross and to shed His blood so that we could just start this race. He did it so that we could finish the race and finish it with strong. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I'm putting this church on a diet. You know what it's called? The meat that Jesus eats. To finish it up and to do the will of him. This sent me. I thank God for all the wonderful things that are happening in the body of Christ and all the bells and the whistles and all the being relevant and all those things. I think that's wonderful and that's good. But I don't want to trade in the blood of Jesus and the virgin birth for trying to be relevant. I don't want to become just a person's best friend and have a cup of coffee with them and pal around with them and tell them how wonderful and how good they are. That'd be like going to a hospital emergency room and needing dire help and the doctors and the nurses coming out to pal with you and have a cup of coffee. (laughs) Nothing wrong with fellowship. Nothing wrong with coffee. But we've got to remember, dear brothers and sisters, there's a job to do. And as long as I'm the senior pastor of this church, we are going to get her done by God's grace. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to get her done. So when I think of endurance, I think of Noah. Noah endured, preaching for a hundred years. No one believed, but Noah just kept building. How about Joseph? 
Joseph entered the pit and the jail. But you know what? He made it to the palace. And when he made it to the palace, he was put in charge of the food and the famine. And guess what? Through his endurance, his whole family ate. (laughs) I think of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was sent to rebuild the broken walls. Sanballat and Tobiah, which are a type of devils, demons, and evil spirits, were mocking him. They were criticizing him, saying, you'll never get it done. But you know what? The wall was built. And when I think of endurance, I think of Moses. Think about Moses. He was sent down the river in a basket, and he ended up being in Pharaoh's house. Do you know what it means? It meant to be in Pharaoh's house in that day. That meant he would never have to work. He would never have to do anything. All of his needs were just simply met just by virtue of who he was. But do you know what the Bible says about Moses? That Moses did this. It says that Moses forsook Egypt and he didn't fear the wrath of the king for he endured. Everyone say he endured. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. If Moses endured and Paul endured and Nehemiah endured, you under this new covenant who have been endued with power from on high, with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you can endure and you can persist and you can persevere. You can make it to the other side of that chemotherapy. You can make it to the other side of that bankruptcy. You can make it, friend, to the other side of that child being on drugs. You can make it to the other side of your children rebelling so much that the picture is so dark that the enemy is telling you they'll never come home. They'll never come back. My brothers and sisters, if you will hold on to God and you'll hold on to prayer, they're going to come to your side again. And they're going to come back into the family of God. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, you don't know how far they've gone. Yeah, but you don't know the power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, you don't know how much cancer is in my body. Yeah, but you don't know the power of the same spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in you. Thank you, Lord. In James 5.11, it says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. See, one thing about being an enduring Christian, you'll be a happy guy. He says, you've heard of the patience of Job, and you've seen the end of the Lord. Did, wasn't it pretty bleak for Job for a while? Yeah. I mean, everything ripped off, but guess what? God restored to Job double. Yeah. You endure long enough, you might run into the land of double. Yeah. Hallelujah. And the scripture says that after all of this, after all these things that Job faced, that he lived another 140 years. Glory to God. After this, you can live. After this, you can rejoice. In the middle of this, in the middle of that, you can have victory and rejoice in the Lord your God. And so the key then is enduring. And enduring is not grin and bear it. Enduring is something that the Holy Spirit gives you power to do. Hallelujah. 
Say with me, I'm endued that I may endure. You see, the backbone of Heart of the Bay Christian Center is prayer. Did you know that? And the Word of God. We've come this far by faith, but we don't just need starting prayer and starting faith. We need enduring prayer and enduring faith. We just don't need starting faithfulness of the people and starting commitment. We need some enduring faithfulness and enduring commitment. I know I'm preaching it good right now. In 1 Corinthians 7, it says this. In 13, 7, it says that love that's on the inside of you will endure long. Raise up your hands right now and say, Lord God, endue me with fresh oil this morning. That I may endure long. Looking at Luke chapter 18 verse 29 very quickly it says this. And he said unto them verily I say unto you. There is no man that has left house or parents or brethren or wife or children. For the kingdom of God's sake. Is that something called commitment right there? You better believe it is. Listen to this statement. This is one of my chief points today. That is this. It's amazing what we will endure when we have to. It's also amazing what we endure when we want to. And what we endure when we need to. I will guarantee you, if someone had a check for you for $5,000, and they were out in Pittsburgh, California, and you were in San Jose, California... And you had to get there by 9 a.m. on Monday morning. And that means you had to go through rush hour traffic. Bless God, you'd get there. Ah, you'd get there. But to get to church on time. Whoops, whoop, whoop, whoop. I didn't say that. That's just a slip. But think about it. It's amazing what we endure when we have to. How many of you ever have endured a bad flight? Huh? With Chumley sitting next to you. And he's lopping over into your seat. And not only is he taking half of your seat, but he's blowing his nose without a Kleenex. <laughs> Anybody ever endured some lousy weather? How about this? You got the relatives in. We're having some relatives in Monday and Tuesday. It's been kind of a hectic week at the Thomas house, but it's all good. It's all good in the hood. And I've had relatives over, people over, got in the shower, it was cold. I had to endure it. Who used all the hot water? And in life, don't look down. Look up. Look forward. Looking unto Jesus. Hallelujah. See, he's the sweet rose of Sharon. He'll make the stinky things in life and he'll turn it around for you. We endure things, don't we? We endure things we want to. I read a post the other night. I won't say who it is. It's none of you, by the way. If you don't want me to know your business, you better not attend church here because your business is my business. Not really. 
But I get on Brenda's Facebook page and I eavesdrop. So if you're cussing somebody out, you might get a pastoral call. Don't talk about me, for heaven's sake. Anyway, so I noticed this the other day that this person was going to stay up until the latest blockbuster movie came out. And the line for that blockbuster movie was probably for blocks. People endure to see Jurassic World. They endure to see all these crazy sci-fi shows, and I like them too, that talk about the end of the world. If Hollywood only knew, we've already got the answer. People endure. Oh, man. University Avenue in Palo Alto, where the main Apple store is? Oh, it's the iPhone 6. Pack me a lunch. Listen, people literally spend the night on the, come on, on the pavement. And it gets too cool, it gets too hot in the church, or the preacher preaches too long, they can't stand it. I'm out! Are you getting my point? It's amazing what we will endure, but we will not show that equal endurance for the things of God. So what do you say? That we apply the same endurance, the same commitment to Jesus. Is he not more worthy than an iPad Air? Is he not more worthy than some fake dinosaurs? Is not his kingdom of greater value? Is not the church more important than some of the trivial things that we spend money on? You know, Paul said this. He said in Philippians 3.8, he says, I count everything but loss for the knowledge of Christ, my Lord. He says, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And here's what he considered those things. He considered his estate and his education and all of his prestige and position. He says, I consider them but dung that I may win Christ. God help us. God help us. You know, I thank God for prosperity. I thank God for having fun. I like to have as much fun as the next guy. I believe in divine prosperity. I believe in having your needs met. But if you will look at some of the saints at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible talks about some of what they experienced They experienced being slain with the sword. They wandered in sheepskins and goatskins. They were destitute, afflicted, and tormented. They wandered, the Bible says, in the deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. These folks were in the hall of faith. They suffered. They battled. But the Bible says that God provided some better things for us that they without us should not be made perfect. 
So thank God for all of the bells and the whistles and all the wonderful things that we have as the benefits of Christianity. But I'm going to tell you, the bottom line is this. We do not want to forget that there is a kingdom to be sought. And that there is a gospel to be preached. And I intend, as long as I have breath in me, to shout the good news from the housetops. Yeah, I'm going to preach the word of faith. I'm going to preach divine prosperity. But I'm going to preach money with a mission. And that's why we're going into the Tenderloin District. We're going to put our money this coming year where our mouth is. Come on, somebody. And so I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you as your pastor today. And I love you regardless of whether you ever tithe. Regardless of whether you come to church once a month or twice a year, I love you. God loves you. We are here for you. But don't you know down on the inside of you that there's something more? There's a greater purpose for your life. And so here's the bottom line. Sometimes I have to and you have to endure unpleasurable things. Some unwanted things, some unexpected things. But remember this. That God endues so that you may endure. Every head bowed and every eye closed.